Welcome back to our Lighthouse 805 podcast in our Your Turn Now series where we talk this week about sharing our lives with others. Enjoy. Good morning. It's good to see you guys. Man, I, I have a question. How many people, uh, what, what team are you guys rooting for today? No one, I'm not hearing my team, which is playing, which is commercials. So who, how many people are rooting for commercials today? Is any, any <laughs> halftime show? <laughs> commercials, halftime. So wait, just so I'm clear. Because I actually still don't know. Is it, it's the 49ers and the Chiefs are playing today? Yes. And what, what, this is embarrassing to admit, what cities are those from? Kansas City and what? San Francisco. Okay. Which part of the state are, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know my geography. From Oregon and California. All the rest is awesome too. We, we love you if you're listening on the podcast. Uh, we're in a series entitled Your Turn Now. Uh, I, I kind of make the same statement each week, but it's so easy to acknowledge that someone just needs Jesus, right? You see that person, and you're like, that person needs Jesus more than any. And it's, it's easy to look at other people and look at all the things they need, and they need this, and they need that, and all this kind of stuff. But it's another thing to say, you know what? I need Jesus too. And, and the whole premise of this sermon series, it's entitled Your Turn Now saying, it's my turn to take my faith and put into action. It's my, it's my turn. And, you know, it, we, we mentioned this before, but 
There is nothing more annoying on this planet when you're playing a board game with someone or a card game and then nothing's happening and you're like, eventually like, whose turn is it? You're like, oh, oh, it's my turn. And then one round later, you say it again. Oh, it's my turn. It's like, come on. It's your turn. Start moving. And I, I want to say in our faith walk and we, how we believe in God and, and worship and everything, it's our turn. Okay, it's our turn to step it up. It's our turn to take our faith into action. So with that, this message is entitled, Share My Life with Others. This is the S in the worship acronym that we're going through. I, I want to talk about one thing real quick. Did you know there's, the earth is really divided into two types of people, right? There's, there's two different types of people out there. The first type is a type that loves playing the game Twister, and the second type is everyone else who hates it. <laughs> how, many, how many people like Twister in here, like the game Twister? Okay, a couple. All right. How many people are just like, no, we know it's the rest of you guys. <laughs> and if you don't raise your hand, we know it's you. Twister. It's really interesting because this, this game is so polarizing, right? It's like it, it is the only game in existence that will press your personal bubble like nothing else. It's just like, um... I need to put my hand on that circle, but I think I'd rather just lose because that's going to be uncomfortable and it's awkward. And I, I'd rather just forfeit my turn than have to be put into an, a precarious situation here. You know, and, and I think Twister is so applicable to how we share our faith with others. Now, some people, it's really natural. It's like all of a sudden, it's, oh, it's in conversation and now we're both crying and now you love Jesus, right? We've all seen those people. It's like, how did you, how did you just do that? What just happened here? And the other people are like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And we, we have this like entire conversation we're rehearsing in our mind of like, okay, if I talk. And then by the time we finally rehearse enough times, that person's already gone and the situation's over, right? And, and it's the same with Twister. And it's like, how do we share our life with others? How, how do we do it? What are some practical things of how we, we expand our worship to God and, and our faith? And how do we do this? Sharing our faith with others is like the most uncomfortable twister game in existence. It's like trying to figure out how to maneuver and communicate and talk and, and build that relationship with that other person and not destroy it. So how do we do it? How do we, how do we let people in our lives? How do, we, how do we open it up? And like twister, sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes it we fall down, sometimes it's uncomfortable, and likewise, sometimes, yeah, if we open up our faith and share our faith with others, we can get hurt. It's not a promise that it won't happen. It can be uncomfortable. So three, three practical things we can do in sharing our faith with others is number one, service. Service. Uh, there's this pastor that used to pastor in Ventura, and I think now he's in Portland, Oregon. His name is Greg Russinger. And he had this idea where he would go and just, he would talk to homeless people, and, and he wanted just to help out. He wanted to serve them. And so he organized food, and he organized cleaning supplies, and he did all these different things. And one day, he, he decided to actually have a genuine conversation with someone rather than just trying to supply the needs he thought they needed, right? Because it's easy just to guess what someone else needs and just try to do it. But it's another thing to ask him, well, what do you actually need? You know, and so he, started, he sat down with this homeless man, and, and he tells the whole story of he sat down and, and he got to know his life and where he's come from and where he's going. 
And the man said, you know, it's one of the hardest things being homeless is you're just not clean. You go in for a job interview and they can smell you coming in. You go in to try to meet someone and, and you smell bad. And he goes, it all comes down, I just, I smell bad. My clothes are so dirty. And as a homeless person, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to spend my money, my little money, to, for my food or my clothes? And Greg was like, oh my gosh, I can, I can do that. I can take care of that. And so he came up with this program called Laundry Love that started out of Ventura County, right? And now it's this like whole national thing that's going on. Because he had this idea to serve people. And in serving people, faith started happening. Because when you're sitting there, clothes washing takes a little bit of time, you know? And all of a sudden now conversations can happen because you're, you have someone there for like an hour or more, Right? And so Isaiah 58, 6 through 7 says this, This is the kind of fast day I'm after, to break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is this, sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. It's easy to look at the first, cu- first couple on that one and then the last one hits you, right? It's like, oh, the homeless, per- you, it's like we can see who's hurting, but then the last says, oh, but spend time, be available to your families. <laughs> the interesting thing on that is actually talking about your physical family and what God puts down as plural your spiritual, the families around you, your communities. So in, in serving, service, there are a few different types of, of fruit that come from it. A, a servant heart. When we step out and say, you know, I, I want to serve people, not just what I think they need, but listen to what they actually need and be spiritual-led and have discernment. There's one thing to give someone what they want, but it's another thing to give them what they need. And in communication, sometimes what they're saying they need, you can hear the Holy Spirit and say, this is what they really need, right? Greg, Greg was so spirit-led on hearing how he could help these people. A, is we have to have a servant heart, just a heart like Jesus. When we start serving, we gain this heart attitude. B, the other fruit we have is stepping out of our bubbles. See, it's moving past our comfort zone and into the faith zone. You know, when we start serving other people, those those bubbles start getting uh, popped, if you will. Right? The the thing where we want to keep people at a distance saying, I'm good with you being that far away from me because I don't want you to see my hurting as I try to help your hurting. Right? But it's these moments when we start serving people, our faith is stretched. And it, it, we, we start moving past the comfort zone that would keep us from holding back our love, the love of Jesus that we'd share with other people. And see, kingdom perspective. Kingdom perspective. It's having this heart like Jesus, this, this eyesight. I love the stories that 
just of Jesus when he walks and he sees someone and he sort of starts talking to him. Like crazy stories, like the woman at the well, the man who was blind and then he spit in mud and put it on his eyes. Like weird stuff like that that only Jesus could do, right? Because he's Jesus. Because ultimately he had kingdom perspective. He saw people of what they were going to become. He saw people as these men and women will be in heaven with me someday and I want to impact them right now so I can see their trajectory headed there. That's, that's the heart. That's, that's what we have. When we start serving, we have this kingdom perspective. It's not about filling my needs up. It's about filling other people's needs. Right? People that, when we have this service heart and we want to start serving and, and have this heart like Jesus, it's easy to, to walk around and, and see those needs because the Holy Spirit will start prompting us right? And it's like, oh, that person's hurting, and that person's hurting. Oh, that person just needs this, right? That's step one. And step two is not finding someone else to help. Step two is saying, I'm going to start doing it now, okay? And then bring people alongside of you, right? Don't, don't just have these amazing ideas the Holy Spirit gives you and then push them on other people, Step out. And granted, there's, there's a whole process of stepping out and trying to do it and bring along people, other people alongside of you to expand the vision of it. But don't, don't be lazy. You know, oh, that person is hurting. I sense it. I know it. Well, someone better take care of that. Right? Number two, the, the second practical thing we can do in sharing our faith with others is small groups. Small group. I remember the first small group I sat in. It was so uncomfortable. It was so weird. It was so awkward. Like, it was just bizarre, okay? We had this uh, forced small group upon us in our high school. Um, I went to a Catholic high school, and we did this retreat. And at, at the time of my life, I was very isolated. I, I pushed everyone to, the, to my extents. I pushed my family, Pat. We didn't really talk at all, <laughs> like ever. Like anyway, you know, I just, I just pushed everyone outside of, outside of acquaintance, including my family. I would just buffeted everyone, right? I had no close people. And then I sat in the small group, and then people started opening up like serious. And I was like, it's kind of, I didn't know we were being forced to do this right now. I thought I was going to be like, what kind of sports do you like? You know, me, none. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden it was awkward. And so, it, you know, like as a, at, at that point in my life, I was dreading. I was like, what if they call on me? What's going to happen? And one person started sharing about something that was going on in their life, and it was serious. You know, they are talking about depression and what it was leading to, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I can't, what am I going to share? I have stuff in my life that I, I, I've been pushing people away because I don't want to talk about it. And it started going, and another person shared, another person shared, and then I just started bawling. I'm in high school just crying my eyes out. And then the leader, who's not much, he's not even trained. He's just sitting there. He's like, I don't know what to do. This kid's crying now. Uh, I just had questions. I'm supposed to read off this paper. And I'm just crying. And it gets to me. And then he's like, Matt, do you want to share? And I was, <laughs> gave him the look like, no, I don't want to share. And then everyone was left. And I was waiting for him to leave too. So I could just cry and then like leave. You know, and then he stayed behind. And he's like, you know, we're here to share. And it was this super awkward moment. And the hard part was it was a week-long retreat, so it was day one. <laughs> so then day two happens, 
And then by day three, I, I realized what was really happening was I had this realization that I was in this community that actually cared. And I hadn't really had that experience before, and I didn't know how to react to it. And it was this eye-opening moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is what people need. I need this, we need this community aspect. It's what Jesus had with his disciples every night. We don't even have recordings of all their night conversations. Times they just sat in front of a campfire sharing their hearts. Can you imagine what Jesus would have talked about? What, what would he have brought up? Things in heaven? Things of where they're headed? I mean, I can't even imagine what Jesus would say that wasn't even recorded in the Bible. You know, they were probably so struck in awe that no one took a pen to paper. Right? It, it, these moments that happen in small groups, these moments that are so intimate, that, are, that we just need. And if you're like me and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, you know, I, I, t- I dare you. I challenge you. Step out. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? Because a three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. In small groups, this is, this is one of the enemy's fears that you'll get in a community that's faith-based, that will pray over you and protect you. Because the enemy just wants to single you out. Just like on every nature program, when the, the lions and the cheetahs run in, and that one gazelle goes off, you know, <laughs> that's the one that's going to die. You know, every time. Sorry. But it's true. Because when the enemy runs in, and he attacks, and sometimes he even attacks right after church, right? You leave the community of believers, and you're like, ah! And you just feel that. It, I, I really encourage you, get into small groups. Fruit from it is a extended family. Extended family. Expanded family, I'm sorry. Your family is expanded. People that genuinely love you is expanded. Right? It, it doesn't, it's, it's easy to come to church on a Sunday and find people that, man, I really like that person. They're so encouraging. They're so uplifting. I love praying with them. I can't wait to see them next Sunday, right? But it's different when you share your heart at a small group, and then that person has your back, right? It's this family that expands. It's a fruit that happens. B, diversity. You will start coming into community with people that are different than yourself, and it's so, it's so beautiful, it's one of those things where, it's so funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, our, our church percentage-wise is extremely diverse, and I love it. We actually have one of the highest percentages of diversity. If you look at all the different backgrounds that happen, we are so diverse, and it's, it's amazing. And I, I love it because it's just a reflection of what heaven's going to be like. It's not like there's quadrants or segregations or pull apart. It, no, we're, there's only one throne of Jesus Christ, and we're worshiping at the foot of it, right? There's not multiple Jesuses with multiple thrones sitting in heaven. No, we are all there, and, and one of the benefits of small groups 
is we, we come together no matter our age, our race, or anything, and we celebrate it. Another fruit of small groups is supportive. Supportive. It's so funny, like when you're sitting in a small group and you finally do decide to open up beyond the I'm doing good or, or I have a prayer but I don't want to say it so it's an unnamed prayer, right? We've all been in that situation or heard someone say that. But the moment you open up, you find people supportive saying, oh, I went through that or I found this verse or blah, blah, blah. You know, and there's follow-up too because you're going to see them next week. It's like, hey, did you deal with that one thing you said you're going to deal with? No? Well, why not? <laughs> Do I need to keep messaging you about it? Small groups. Three, hospitality. I was, I was looking up hospitality. I was, I was Googling it, and I want to know more about it, and just beyond what the Bible says, and what, what the book we're going through is saying. And so I typed in difference between hospitality and and at the very top it was like all the suggestive things you know that and it was like all the top ones were like customer service customer service department customer you know it's like all the different so like there is a polarizing difference between hospitality and customer service and i didn't i hadn't thought about that and it started making sense hospitality and customer service right they are both going to help out for the most part <laughs> like customer service okay sometimes maybe not but the the goal of them is to help with that person right customer service department ha- have you ever uh been on hold with customer service never, never? <laughs> have you have you ever just waited and waited and wait, and there's, there's jokes in TV shows and movies of people just sitting there forever. There's this one in Friends where Phoebe's on there for like three days, and she's like sleeping next to her phone, and she's like, I'm almost online! You know? Customer service. There, there's this thing where you're, you see them as two separate identities. Like, you are this person, and you need something from them, and you are waiting for them to deliver what you need. And I think so many believers can fall into that gap. I see what I need from you. I need you to say yes to Jesus. I need you to to come here. I need you to do this. I need you to serve here. And it's easy to see them as as you're waiting on them just to say yes, and it's a check mark, right? But there's a different league when it's hospitality, right? Hospitality is concerned about them as a human being, not as a human doing, right? I, I am here to see hospitality flourish, there is a major difference. Man. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 through 2 says, Stay on good terms with each other, held together by love. Be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Why some have extended hospitality to angels without ever knowing it. Hospitality. And have you, ever, have you ever been welcomed in? And it just like, I don't know. I, I've been in situations where 
I go in expecting like a service or something else when I was younger and I was, you know, I went into this church and, and it was like, oh, you know, it was very cold. It's like, oh, here's this, here's this, sit down, good, right? It, I was almost there to fill a seat, almost. And I've gone into other situations where I go into church and everyone, their mom just talks to me. And they're like, oh, blah, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they keep going. They're like, oh, if you come back, I'm blah, blah, blah. We have this and blah. And I'm just like, Did I, have I been here before? Like, how do they know me so well? And then when I come back, it's like, they remember my name? Are you serious? I'm, I'm genuinely loved here. There's, there's a complete difference. And one of the best things about that I love about our church is it's so hospitality focused. I think we could crank it up. I always want to keep growing. That's just my personality. I don't want to get stagnant and stale. The thing about our church that I love is we're willing to welcome people in and not just people that look like us, everyone. And if you're saying, I haven't done that when someone walks in our church this new, do it, please. <laughs> That's what our church is. Welcome people when they come in. If they haven't been here in forever, welcome them back with open arms right? Do you know how hard it is when someone doesn't show up for a long time? I've been in that shoes, and then you show up again, and you sit in your car thinking, should I go in? Are people going to make fun of me? Are they going to tease me? Are they going to make me feel uncomfortable because I've been here for a while? That is a real battle. Don't make them feel uncomfortable when they walk back in, okay? Please. Hospitality. Fruit of hospitality is A, provide a safe space place. Provide a safe place. When, when you are hospitality focused and someone comes to your home or they go out to dinner and they share with you something that's broken in their heart or something that they're going through, how you receive them and how you talk to them and how you don't talk about them <laughs> is a safe place. Do, do people look at you and go, man, that, that person, that's my safety net. That's, I can be safe around. I am safe there. They have open arms, and, and I feel welcome. I feel comfortable. And they don't care where I've been or what I've done. It's a safe place. By practicing hospitality, you create safe places. Be fulfillment. One of the fruit of, of hospitality is this. It's this weird kickover, and it's kind of hard to explain, and I'm going to do my best, okay? Hospitality. Pre-hospitality, we can find a lot of things we want, right? I want this, and I want that, and we're trying to collect things. And it's like, oh, I got this, and, and it's like this unfulfilled thing that's inside of us. Now, as believers, and we're, if we're seasoned a lot, you know, some of that's faded away. So it might not make sense, but it's like, oh, I want this and I want that. And I, you know, it's this collection of things. And when hospitality kicks over, it's saying, whatever I have, I want to lavishly love on people with. It's not just saying I'm giving away all my stuff. No, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about, I have this, for instance, maybe personal, I have an awesome smoker that makes great food. I love, I love making food for people. You know, like I have coworkers over and, and I want to make something special for them. That's my hospitality. It's, it's not that I want to collect this smoker to have good food that I just eat myself, right? But it's like, I, what can I do with it? 
And it's creating this hospitality moment. It's just, and it fulfills you inside. When you share what you have with someone in a nice, kind way out of the love of Jesus, it brings fulfillment that that thing can't because you bring Jesus into the picture. The love of Christ is flowing through you to someone else. And see, when you practice hospitality, you gain the loving kindness of Jesus. Jesus had this kindness to him. He, he man, the audacity of Jesus, like the woman at the well, that's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. But he sat down next to this woman and he just lavished her with kindness. He called her out on some stuff, but he showed her kindness right? Her, her life was changed because he brought his kindness. How many people's lives will be changed because we bring the kindness of Jesus into their lives? And that is, that is what our goal is. Let's be kind like Jesus. Let's have a heart like Jesus. Let's have the hands of Jesus. Let's have the feet of Jesus. Amen? So here's what I want us to do. Um, if one of the fruits stuck out to you today, I want you to think which fruit that was, and I want you to go towards that part in the room. So uh, service over here in uh, Candy Cane Land in the hospitality area, service over there. Let's do small group up here and hospitality back there. I really want you to try practicing it today, this week, okay? Don't put it off till Saturday night at 11.59 going, I got to do this because I know, I know that leader is going to talk to me on Sunday morning. No, practice it the whole week. Let's get it in grain. Let's, let's be like Jesus. Let's have the love of Jesus. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to check out others as well as other things that are going on at Lighthouse 805, please visit our website at www.lighthouse805.com. See you next time.